Vegas Nation is sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports. Download the app today and get a bonus up to $100 when you sign up. Sports, entertainment, little to no culture. It's time for Unsportsmanlike Conduct with Ed Graney and Adam Hill. Welcome into Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casino's STN Sports and presented by the Las Vegas Review-Journal and Blue Wire. We're your hosts, Ed Graney and Adam Hill, and we're here each week to give you our thoughts on the Las Vegas Raiders while entering the world of news and topics we find interesting. Well, it's that time, buddy. You've been doing all your mock drafts, studying on your film, doing stuff for the paper, and Thursday night, we're recording this on Wednesday, so Thursday night, the draft will arrive. Is this, uh, I, I know we were talking yesterday with a group of people, is this the most bizarre draft in terms of not knowing what's going to happen that you've covered? Oh yeah, I, I don't think there's any question about that, and I think um, it's gonna it's gonna really play out, and people are gonna be stunned uh, when they watch because so often, you know, the, the mock drafts. As much as we as much as we criticize them and, and get on them, and look, I do them every year and I participate in them, and um, it's a hard thing to do, and and a lot of times you end up looking a little bit silly with some of your picks, and um, I get how that goes, but this year it's it's way different, and I, you know, I know that a general manager. Um, had told uh, somebody I know uh, that the the mock drafts usually, as much as you know, they're silly and kind of stupid. They're usually fairly accurate in terms of not you know not where guys are going to go or necessarily what pick they're going to be picked, but you know, twenty six, twenty seven of the thirty two first round picks usually usually get right. I think last year I was like twenty eight or something. It was you know it was fairly it's fairly accurate in terms of the top thirty two players that are drafted. You kind of know who they are. Um, and, and this general manager said they're going to look really silly this year, not because they don't know what they're doing, but just because there's so much mystery, even among teams. Uh, I know one, one t- uh, NFL source said uh, that he thinks there's only about 14 or 15, you know, sure fire first round players uh, this year. Uh, and so, you know, 31 guys are going to be picked and there's going to be a lot of weirdness in, you know, last year, obviously the Patriots were the team that kind of went, you know, way rogue and took a guy that was projected in the third round. But I think you're going to see more of that this year. I, I, I think even, you know, in my mock draft, I said, it's, you know, you're kind of just throwing your hands up because you just don't know after the first, you know, 14, 15 guys, it's anybody's guess who's going to go. Seems like this is one of the worst drafts for talent uh, that we've seen in a while or, perce- or at least perceived talent. Top end. Yeah. And I think that I think we need to be clear about that. Like there's a difference between, you know, top end talent, surefire, you know, definite first round pick guys and and depth. And I think there is a lot of depth. I think there's a lot of guys you can get, you know, third, fourth, even fifth round. They're going to be decent players and, and can contribute. And I think that's very important. I think teams are excited about that. Certainly the Raiders are with 12 picks in this draft. But I just think that top end talent isn't there. We talk about the quarterbacks and the, and the guys that are there. We talk about, um, man, the, the wide receiver position. We'll get into that a little bit maybe is, you know, the Raiders don't really need a, a pick there. But you know, a lot of people are projecting four, even five. I've seen six wide receivers in the first round. I think there's like one surefire first round guy, maybe two. Uh, but really just the you know, one that I think is a guaranteed first round selection. So um, I think, you know, all over the place, you're looking at positions where there's a lot of depth, but not a lot of top end talent, which I think does make the draft fun. But I think for the average person who hasn't been, you know, grinding film for every day for the last, you know, three months, uh, they're going to be very surprised with some of these guys and maybe not be excited about them. It's maybe, you know, ratings wise, you're not going to be tuned in and glued to your TV to find out some of these fourth, fifth round guys. But I think the teams are going to be very excited about some of the guys they get. Uh, can we just make of this quarterback situation with all the odds changing on these guys and 
uh, whether it's Will Levitz, whether it's uh, C.J. Stroud supposedly dropping. I'll ask you about him in a minute with the Raiders. Um, do you think this is conjecture? This is uh, GM throwing stuff out there, and uh, it's not going to be as kind of crazy as terms of who's picked where when it comes to these quarterbacks? Or do you think there's been a change in 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 uh, opinion about a lot of these guys to where we could see you know, Richardson, Levitz, you know, jump ahead of a Stroud. And, and you know, what we thought was going to happen a month ago isn't going to happen this time. Yeah, I think it, it could be different than what we thought. Um, and, you know, who was the first person I, I you know, I, I don't know how public this was, so I'd, I'll be a little bit careful. But I, I know, you know, someone in the Raiders organization told us, uh, may have been off the record and said, like, you guys keep saying there's going to be four quarterbacks in the first four picks. Like, that's not going to happen. It never happens. Like, what? where are you guys getting this from? And, you know, we kind of, kind of, you know, scoffed at it at the time a little bit, but it's true. Like, every year, it's, you know, last year there was four definite first round picks. And then by the end, it was two definite first round picks and only one got picked in the first round. Um, it, it's it's very weird how quarterbacks are all the time, but that's the value of the position, right? That we get excited about them and go there. Uh, but in terms of the betting market, it's pretty clear, like the betting market moves on information and sports books for, for those that don't know and don't follow this closely, I'll, I'll let you in on this and say sports books get crushed on draft betting sports books lose money the only reason they do it is to attract customers to try to get people that are going to open accounts and then you know bet later on um but they lose money every single year in the draft it's the worst betting you know event that they do every year they lose money no matter what and a lot of that is because you know their only real bets are from very sharp people they don't take a lot of recreational bets and they end up losing and so when there is like a little bit of information and a little bit of money comes in, they move the lines drastically because they don't want to get burned by a wave of information. And in this case, overnight, two nights ago, and we're doing this Wednesday, or I guess one night ago, uh, Monday night into Tuesday morning, there was a Reddit post from somebody that said, hey, I'm neighbors with Will Levis. He's been telling everyone that he's moving to Carolina. He's moving to Charlotte. He's been drafted by the Panthers and they've already guaranteed it. And the family is getting ready to move to Charlotte. And that blew up and people started betting on it. And so the, the sports books had to move and then they, they took the numbers down for a while. They're like, you can't bet this anymore right now. We got to figure this out. Um, and it turns out it was kind of nothing. And Will Levis came out and said, look, don't believe everything you read on the internet, which is good, good advice for everyone. Uh, but that's kind of what happened there. But yeah, I, I think it's very possible they fall. And, you know, I know you, you know, you referenced CJ Shroud, the, the S2 test, which is just so bizarre that that has come into such vogue this year is a big reason for him potentially falling. You know, it was, it was looked at as he's a surefire number two pick. And then, oh, he did poorly on this test. We're not going to take him. And for those that aren't aware, it's a cognition test. It was really kind of developed for baseball. Uh, they can, they think they can tell how likely a guy is to process information and then, uh, and then utilize that information. So they were, they were testing a lot of baseball players who are high school players and, you know, Hey, look, you play great, but your cognition is very bad. You're probably not going to recognize the spin of a curveball at the major league level. We're not going to draft you. And the guys that invented the test swear that it's very, very reliable. Uh, it is now kind of, you know, bled into football a little bit and CJ Stroud did horrible on this test. Horrible. And so there is this belief of, oh, he can't be an NFL quarterback because he did so poorly on this test. Well, without saying a name, uh, the inventor of the test came out yesterday and he said, look, I'm not going to say a name because we're not leaking this information. We don't know which team leaked this out. It wasn't us because we don't you know, we don't put that information. They're not going to put out there who did well or who did poorly. But they said, look, this information didn't come from us. It came from a team. They leaked it out. And I'm not going to say a name because I'm not going to acknowledge that it's true. He said, but, you know, we were called to conduct a test for a player. 
we got there. It, you know, he had a couple of flight delays. He arrived at a destination at 11 o'clock. He wanted to go to bed. We told him we had to test him. And we said, hey, look, we're going to retest you. But, you know, somebody paid for this test to be done. We have to do it. So let's just do it. We'll get it out of the way and then we'll retest you. And he tested so poorly because he just didn't want to be there. And then they retested him and he tested fine. And so they didn't say the name, but everybody assumes, and I certainly assume that they're referring to CJ Stroud when they said this, and that CJ Stroud, in fact, did fine on this test. It just came out that he did so poorly because of the circumstances that it was under. So um, there's a lot of moving pieces. There's a lot of chaos. There's a lot of things we do. We don't know. Um, that's what makes the draft so fun, but it's also what makes it so unpredictable. You know, I see some people put out some mock drafts and and then people just come at them like, what are you talking about? You're an idiot. Okay. You don't even pay attention to the players. All you do is look at other people's mock drafts and then say, this person's an idiot for having something different in their mock draft. Like that's foolish. Like there's a lot of people that actually study this, pay attention, try to do everything we can to actually figure these things out. And, you know, yesterday I saw Chris Collinsworth went through and did a mock draft. Like he's connected to a lot of people in the league. He had some players that nobody would ever expect to be, you know, picked in the first round picked. And I saw people just calling him an idiot. Like you, you know, I think he knows more than you. Um, he's a little bit more plugged in than you and he understands the chaos that can happen. So, um, you know, use the mock drafts for what they are. They're very interesting, very entertaining. I think what they really do well is tell you what teams need, um, tell you how teams tend to draft and tend to allocate their resources. Um, but in terms of individual players and, you know, calling somebody out for being wrong about it. Like that's not how they're supposed to be used. They're supposed to be used more. Hey, who are the top players? How do teams see them? What tendencies do teams have in the draft and what needs do they have and that sort of thing. And that's kind of how they should more be viewed. Okay. Well, then let me ask you this because let's stay on CJ Stroud for a minute. And uh, this test does do him in and people pass on him. No one trades up to get him and he's sitting there at seven, but so is uh Witherspoon. So are guys that, um, the Raiders uh, have uh, reportedly, you know, fallen in love with or really, really high on, um, you know, maybe it's Jalen Carter. Maybe it's just a great defensive players there, but CJ Stroud is there. Do you pick him up? So it's tricky for me because I don't know if you understand this reference, Ed, but uh, I am Devin Weatherspoon, no matter what. That's a movie reference uh, from the movie draft day. Uh, so I'm, I'm Devin Weatherspoon. Devin Costner. Sure. And uh, he was Vontae Mack, no matter what. And he wrote that in his pocket. Uh, he wrote a little note to himself and then all these things changed. All these different guys got picked. All these trades happened, all this craziness and chaos happened. And then when it was time to actually make the pick, he looked in his pocket and said, Oh yeah, Vontae Mack, no matter what, let's get Vontae Mack. Like that's, that's sorry for the spoiler of a movie. That's like 20 years old at this point um, that nobody liked, but I did. Uh, but yeah, that's kind of what happens in the movie. Like he reminds himself, Oh yeah, that's my guy. I'm, I'm Devin Witherspoon, no matter what, but CJ Stroud does change things. <laughs> I think for me, I don't think the Raiders need to invest in a quarterback in the first round. I don't think it's the most important thing for them right now. I think they need to stockpile players and figure out a quarterback later. Um, and they have Jimmy Garoppolo for a couple of years anyway. So I, I don't think quarterback is the most important need. But I do think C.J. Stroud is the kind of game changer that you have to think about, that you would have to at least consider in that spot. I actually think Anthony Richardson is too, but um, I, I would understand more passing on him. I think if it's, if it's C.J. Stroud – you have to at least look at it. I also, look, and I, I think as much as I despise trading up in the first round, I think there is going to be a discount on the third pick with the Cardinals. The Cardinals are begging anybody and everybody to have that pick. And so if, you know, if the, if it goes Bryce Young one, and if it goes Tyree Wilson, which would be a complete disaster of a pick at number two for the, for the Texans, if it's, if it's those two and the Cardinals are basically begging anybody to take that pick at number three, 
and it would be a very reduced price. If you can move up from seven to three for say like a third and a fifth, and it's not going to cost you a whole lot, then I would think about doing, doing it and moving up and saying, yeah, let's, let's move up. Let's go to three. Let's get CJ Stroud. I think he's that kind of a player uh, that you would want to go and make that move for. And I, and I, I don't, I wouldn't be surprised if they did it. Um, but, but to me, you stay at seven. If CJ Stroud is gone, man, I, I still don't think you could take Jalen Carter as much as a game changer as I think he could be too. Um, but I think it would be Devin Witherspoon there. And then CJ Stroud, if he's available, becomes a very, very difficult choice. So does Will Anderson, by the way. I, I think if Will Anderson's there, you have to do the same thing. I just don't know that he's that he has as much of a chance of being there. But I think Will Anderson and CJ Stroud are the guys that could change your mind and change your mindset if you're the Raiders at seven. And by the way, there's no guarantee Devin Witherspoon is there either. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. What if, for whatever reason, Witherspoon's gone, your top defensive guys are gone, and there's not been a run on quarterbacks, but Stroud, uh, someone had come up and got him. Like, Who's like your second-level guy for the Raiders? These guys, you know, look. One of these guys are probably going to be there. But let's say it's not. The six picks are six picks. You don't know who's going to move up. You don't know who's going to come up and take that pick, maybe at three. Who would you go to next if you're the Raiders, if you sit on the pick? So I'm trying to go through and think, you know, who are six, if six players? If you say Bryce Young and CJ Stroud are both gone, right? right? Two quarterbacks that you would look at. Um, if you say that Witherspoon is also gone, that's three. Will Anderson is gone, which would be right, that's four. Oh man! You know, neither you or I think they should take Jalen Carter. So let's take him off the board. Well, here's the thing: we'll take him off the board. If this scenario plays out, which I don't think is incredibly likely, the scenario that we're going through, you might have to think about it. Well, yeah, you might. Yeah, I might have to think about it. I'm just, I'm just, I'm trying to get to your second level guy here. I, I, I think you have to think about it too. If he's there, there's no question about that. Even if you've already made the decision with internally, and I have to believe when it comes to a player like this and and the off field stuff. They, they probably have a strong feeling one way or the other, but it might change if he's there. And they might look at each other and say, you know, could be the most talented guy in the draft. Are we going to pass on him? Can we explain this away? Do we care about the PR hit? All of that. Um, but he's gone too. Like, um, are, is there another corner you like? Do you go with the offensive tackle? Yeah, I mean, I think you would have to go tackle. I think you would have to probably go Paris Johnson. I mean, Skaronsky potentially – could be in that mix. I think Paris Johnson fits more what they what they'd want to do with their offensive line. They can move Illuminor in to guard. So I think Paris Johnson would be a very possible pivot. Um, but if, if you're telling me that all those guys are gone that you would that you would want, I don't know that I'd want Christian Gonzalez. I don't think he fits the system as much. I don't think he's the player that they prefer. Um, so I, I think the pivot would be an offensive tackle off of you know all those guys being gone. Uh, but obviously, if I'm sitting seven and everyone is gone that I want. I'm certainly looking to trade out of that pick and, and, you know, get, you know, get even more capital, even though you have a ton of picks later on. Um, I would say you could trade out. You could probably turn one first round pick into like three. If you gave up, you know, you traded back and then you gave up a bunch of picks to move up. You might be able to get three first round picks out of that. So um, yeah, I mean, I, I think that would be my first move would be to like, just get out of there. If all the, if those guys that you want, if the draft falls so poorly for you that, you know, you have three guys identified that you would take and they're all gone. Uh, I think you have to pivot to get out of there. But if you're, if you're telling me I can't, I can't do it. Cause keep in mind, we talk about trading down all the time. Uh, we just mentioned the Cardinals have been begging to trade down. They can't find anybody to trade up with them. Um, there's been no picks into the top nine since 2018. 
That's the last time anybody traded up into the top nine on draft night. I mean, obviously the Panthers, you know, traded up before the draft here, but on draft night, nobody has traded into the top nine since 2018. So it doesn't happen that often. Uh, we don't see it very much. And so it's easier said than done to say we want to trade out of there. So, yeah, I think the pivot would be offensive tackle. I just, I don't know that, you know, I don't think either one of those guys is necessarily far ahead of the other. I think it's more what fits your scheme. And I think Paris Johnson might fit a little bit better, even though I think Skronsky is a better player. Um, it would just be a very tough decision if, if you know, if you've got three, three guys identified that you're willing to take there and they're all gone. And then I guess the question becomes, if those are all gone, Anthony Richardson's still there. And right, right. I think if you're going, if you're going to pick at seven and you don't have a guy you love, like you, you don't love Gonzalez, you know, everybody else is gone. You don't love Gonzalez. You don't love one of the offensive tackles more than the other. And nobody will trade out. I mean, you have to swing for the fences in that case. I mean, you're, you could take a safe choice and say, all right, one of these tackles will play. Okay. Johnson or Scronsky will be okay. I don't think they're going to be a great player. So why don't I swing for the fences? Anthony Richardson could absolutely be a bust. He could never figure it out. Could never work out. Could never be good. But he's the guy that you're swinging for the fences. You're going for a home run. If you're picking at seven, you almost have to swing for a home run. So I guess my real answer would be, I guess in that case, I'm taking Anthony Richardson because I, I don't hate him. I think he could be very good. I just think the Raiders aren't in a position to take a luxury pick right now. Um, and he's kind of a luxury pick. He's a total boomer bust. He might be useless for you for a couple of years, or he could be one of the best players in the league. I mean, those are, that's the two possible outcomes, any range in between there. So I think in that case, then you do pivot and just go, all right, let's go. Let's take Anthony Richardson and see what happens. Uh, is there anyone in the top 10? Uh, I'm interested in this and your thoughts. Anyone in the top 10 that everyone is saying is a can't miss player that you think is going to be a bust and not don't, don't say Anthony Richardson. Tyree, Tyree Wilson. Tyree Wilson. Right away. You said it. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I don't see it. I just don't. Um, there's a lot of, a lot of factors going into it that you say, um, you know, there, there's some troubling things. He wasn't very productive. Like you go back and I, you know, again, not to get too deep in the woods, but we could, um, one year guys. And when I say one year guys, like obviously he played in college for, for four years, but, um, he was really only productive in one. And, you know, I, I'm, I'm very hesitant on guys like that, that, were okay, 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 and then blew up. He's also got the foot injury that certainly cost him a little bit. Um, we don't know where he is medically coming off of that. Uh, I also, you know, you just look at him and say, yeah, all the tools are there. The the ability is there again. And he's another guy that, you know, projects. He's, uh, um, he's like Walker from last year where you're like, uh, okay, yeah, it could potentially be there. We haven't seen it yet, but it could be there. And he was okay for Jacksonville. He wasn't great. Um but I think he's that kind of a player, but I think he, he has even lower ceiling and probably a lower floor. Um, I think he could potentially be not great at all. And I did see, um, you know, some, some, one of the guys, Sam Monson, who does uh, some mock draft stuff. He does a lot of uh, analysis work for PFF and he put out his mock draft today where he doesn't try to predict what people are going to do. He, he picks what people should do. Right. Um, I believe, I believe he had Wilson going 28th. Where do you have, what do you have the Raiders doing? Uh, good question. Uh, I was, I was kind of looking later in the draft. I could look it up uh, in a minute, but, um, I believe I'm not sure he might've had, he might've had CJ Stroud actually, but I, I can't, I can't remember. I, don't quote me on that one. I just know that he had Wilson going late twenties, which, um, you know, I, I know a lot of people got on him for, but I see it. Like, I, I don't see 
in him. Like, like I, like I said, when, when we first started this and I said, you know, I kind of slipped it in and said, if the Texans take Tyree Wilson, which would be a massive mistake. Right. Um, I do, I do have Tyree Wilson going number two in my mock draft. Cause I'm trying to predict what teams are going to do. And right. I think the Texans are going to blow this and take Tyree Wilson. I think it'd be a huge mistake. Okay. One more question before we get out of here. Okay. Of the top 10, who's going to overachieve the most? What player in the top 10? Yeah. I mean, you know, are you, are you a Bryce Young guy? Yeah, I think Bryce Young's going to be good. I think he's going to be a good player. I, I don't, I don't see him as, you know, you know, I, I was going to say Pat Mahomes, nobody's Patrick Mahomes. I don't see him as, you know, one of the top five quarterbacks. I don't see him as like a Joe Burrow, uh, one of those guys, but I see him as a top half of the league quarterback for sure. I think he's going to be a, you know, a good quarterback in the league. Oh man. I just thought of a comparison. Uh, he's, he's Derek Carr. Oh, there you go. Wait, that's not that bad. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I think, look, he's a guy. If you, if you tell a team, Hey, look, you can have a quarterback. That's going to be your starter and be pretty good for a decade. Like that's, I think teams are interested in that as a quarterback. I think that would be fine. Yeah. I think that would be fine. And, you know, hopefully for his sake, the Panthers do a little bit better building around him and, you know, he could play at a Derek Carr level for a decade and, um, and have more success as a team than Derek Carr did with the Raiders because he has a better team around him. I think that's the kind of player that he could be. Uh, certainly. I think that's where it is, by the way, I think um, in terms of over, I think Will Levis is a disaster as well. Uh, I don't think he's going to work out in the NFL. Um, and the other, and the other uh, quarterback is working there and I'll, I'll get to your actual question in a second, but um, I was such a Hendon hooker guy until the last week. What happened? And I have, I have, I have fallen off on the, on the Hendon hooker bandwagon. Cause the more you watch him, he really, really thrived in that system. I think he's a very good player. He's He really takes advantage of what the defense gives him. He really takes advantage of what the offense is designed to do. Um, but there's some really troubling stats about uh, what he has done outside of the, you know, the design of the play. When a play breaks down, what does he give you? Uh, the third least productive quarterback in all of college football outside of the design of the play was Will Levis, and that's awful. That that's a terrible sign. The least productive quarterback in all of college football was Hendon Hooker. And so I, I still like him. I still think he'd be a very good player. I think he actually fits the Raiders system more, more than he do, than he would other systems. So I think he would be a, de- a decent fit for the Raiders, but some of his, some of his numbers outside of the, the design of the play are frightening, just frightening. And he, he takes a lot of sacks when he's under pressure. He very, very rarely avoids a sack. He doesn't complete a whole lot of passes under pressure. That's a troubling stat as well. There's just a lot to suggest that he, you know, he really is just, give me that first read. That guy's open. I'm going to hit him. And he's been very, very good at that. And then outside of that, he hasn't been very good. So I think uh, the second and third viewing of his tape uh, got me off of it a little bit. So I'm a little bit concerned there. So that's a guy that I, I still think can be good, but we have to monitor and see how that goes and what system he ends up in. Cause I think if he's in the wrong system, it could be a real disaster. And I think if he's in the right system, he could thrive. Cause I think he's a really, really smart player. He's a really, really good kid. Um, there's a lot to like, but there's also a lot to be scared of. All right. So give me a number on your mock draft and how many you hit this year. Give me an over under and I'll take one of the two. Of how many players in the first round get picked or how many exactly. Yeah, no, not, not in the exact spots. That's too, that's way too um, complicated because I, I agree looking at the draft with the GMs that it's going to be all over the board with these quarterbacks. What's going to happen. How many players that you say are going to go in the first round will be in the first round. Uh, Oh, real quick. I was going to answer your other question. Um, 
we don't know where Lucas Van Ness is going to go. I dropped him way down the draft board, um, but I've seen him projected as high as eighth, and I I don't think it's going to work for him either. I think he's going to he's going to really struggle. So I I actually had him all the way down to twenty sixth in my mock draft. So L- Lucas Van Ness is a guy that I'm I'm concerned about. Let's go local here real quick. I want to ask you where do you have the Faith Lutheran kid, the tight end, going? Thirteen to the Packers. The Packers. Although, although the one issue is. I think something to monitor in this draft, right? The Packers, as part of the Brett Favre, Brett Favre, part of the Aaron Rodgers deal, uh, they moved up two spots, right? They swapped first-round picks. The Packers went from 15 to 13. Uh, Jets went down 13 to 15. So they just swapped two spots, which seems like very minor detail, right? Like, who cares? And I think the Packers could have got Dalton Kincaid at 15. So why did they want to move up two spots? I'm really intrigued by that. Is it to try to make a move? with that 13th pick and they thought that was more valuable than the 15th pick maybe so monitor what the packers do but i think if they stay in that spot dalton Kincaid just makes way too much sense for the packers uh, to take him i think you know it's also if he does if he does tumble down the board i don't think there's any way he lasts past i was gonna say the cowboys cowboys and bengals i think if Kincaid and um Michael Mayer, both on the Michael board, Mayer. they'll both take tight ends. So uh, I would say the Bengals is the absolute farthest he could drop. Uh, so I, I, I think definitely a first round pick, but I have him as high as 13th uh, to the Packers here. So that's where I have him. Okay. And give me a number. Number uh, 25 and a half. Of 32? Yeah. Boy, I trust you, but that's a high number. Yeah. Given the, the draft is so volatile this year. Yeah. I, I, I trust you. I got to go under. Okay. I think I, I would bet the under that too. I think I think that's about the right number though. Yeah. Not because you don't know your stuff uh, more no. as well as anyone. It's just one of those things where you just keep hearing about this draft. How, like you said, there might be depth to it. How many first rounders are still there? And I liked your point about maybe there's GMs who are going to reach a little this year because they don't like a guy at 26 or 27. I, I think it's, it's definitely possible. I think there's, I think there's going to be a lot of picks that people scratch their head over because they're like, I haven't heard about that guy at all in any mock drafts. Like, yeah, because these teams have very different boards and they they find guys that fit. And look, you're, you're much more likely to quote unquote reach when you don't have a guy that is great, right? I mean, if if there's a bunch of guys that are good, well, I'll take my chances with the guy that I think is pretty good, but I love. And right, so I'd, right. I'd be much more willing to take my chances with that guy if there's not a great player on the board. And I think that's very possible for a lot of these picks. Well, you've done an amazing job as usual. Uh, read all of his mock stuff in the review journal. I know you're going to have a, you're going to have a follow on your mock draft after the first round. Uh, we'll probably do it Monday. Okay. Let, let everything kind of settle in a little bit and then, then come back with it. Great job there. Read all of Adam's stuff. And um, this is Wednesday. So uh, the draft is Thursday night Raiders right now pick seven overall. We'll see what they do. And obviously, um, we'll have a follow podcast on this next week, reviewing all of Adam's draft picks, but also what the Raiders did and with their 12 picks and how we think they came out of the draft. Devin Witherspoon, Devin Witherspoon, no matter what. Devin, oh, Devin Witherspoon, no matter what, said Kevin Costner. That's going to do it for our latest edition of Unsportsmanlike Conduct of the Vegas Nation, sponsored by Station Casinos, STN Sports, and presented by the Las Vegas Review Journal and Blue Wire. Remember, their new episodes of Vegas Nation three times a week. Subscribe to Vegas Nation on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or any podcasting app. Find all that coverage and more at VegasNation.com. For our producer, Larry Meir, and my co-host, Adam Hill, I'm Ed Graney. We'll talk to you next week post-draft. Vegas, get in on the sports betting action and get on the STN Sports app. With 14 convenient sign-up locations across town at Station Casinos, Wildfire, and El Cortez, you're only a few minutes away from getting started no matter where you are in town. 
With a huge menu of betting options and points back on your bets, STN Sports is the strongest betting app out there. 